If you haven't noticed, we welcome you here this morning. It flashed up there a bunch this morning, and so if you don't feel welcome, then it's not Tim's fault because uh, he's welcomed you several times this morning. So we're working through glitches and all that fun stuff. Hey, can I just encourage you, whether you're watching online, and a whole bunch of you are, I know, or whether you're here, can you look around? It's going to be easy for you at home because you're going to look around and say, there's nobody here. But for those of us here, can you look around and just say, hey, I noticed that is not here today. So how cool would it be for you to send them a text? You all text, right? Don't send them an email. Nobody does email that much anymore. Send them a text. You could even Facebook message them if you want to be a little bit more hip. Instagram, if you really want to be on the cutting edge, you can do a little TikTok dance for them. And send it to them, and you'll be ready to go, but it'd be nice to know that you're not, to be noticed that you're not here, right? And so send somebody a text to say, hey, checking on you. Uh, we have uh, some older people in our congregation, not that old. Mom, I know you're watching right now. Um, but they would like to be checked on. Maybe somebody needs to drop off some essentials, you know, granola bars. I heard toilet paper is the hot item right now. Yeah. So um, do that, okay? Um, but people might be in need, and I think as a church, we need to step into this and not step away from it. I think we just need to step right in and just say, okay, Jesus, what do you want me to do? We can see in history all these men and women of faith who have stepped into crisis and not step back. The ones who have stepped back, we have no idea who they were. But the ones who have stepped in, we can look and say, wow, look, look at these examples of faith who in really hard circumstances said, I'm going to step in and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do. Hey, we're studying the seven declarations of Jesus in, in the book of John. It's the only place in the Bible that Jesus makes these statements in the New Testament. And so it's in the book of John. We're going to be in chapter 10 this morning. I encourage you to look. We've looked at Jesus as the bread of life. We've looked at him as the light of the world. This morning, we're going to look at him as the gate. The gate. And can I just say that it's so interesting that we make it really difficult sometimes as human beings, and Jesus makes it really easy. He really simplifies how we can come to know God. Because he says, I am the gate. Really easy. He didn't say, I am the fence. He didn't say, I am a gate. Because right now in our world, there's, that's what's being taught, right? There are a lot of gates for us to access God the Father in heaven. But Jesus said, I am the gate. So we're going to look at that in John chapter 10. I encourage you, if you have your Bibles... This would be even more of a time to bring your own Bible from home so you can social distance yourself from the community Bibles in the back. But, but we do have Bibles in the back if you want to take a risk. Okay. Take a risk. Grab a Bible. Okay. John chapter 10 this morning. And I washed my hands, so if I lick my fingers, someone made a joke about it last week. That, oh, you licked your fingers when you turned your Bible. Well, I washed my hands. I'm okay. I think. Hey, we're going to look at John chapter 10. We're going to start at the very beginning, verse 1, and we're going to read the first 10 verses. Everybody there? 
Give you a few seconds at home. You're there. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize the stranger's voice. And Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. So therefore, Jesus said again, very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, and the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come, they will come in and they will go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it in the full. Whew. See, I believe that Jesus is making it really easy for us because there's a lot of gates that we can run to that we think will that lead us to eternal life in Christ that will save us, that will rescue us, that will give us hope, give us peace, and give us everything that we need this side of heaven. But Jesus says, I am the gate. It's simply through him. Now, it's interesting in this passage that Jesus refers to us as sheep. Cute, cuddly, amazing creatures, right? Right? What's your favorite animal? If you're at home, I'm going to give you my cell phone number. And I'm going to ask you right now to text in your favorite animal. So my cell phone number is this. 206-941-0959. Text me your favorite animal. I should have given you Pastor Alex's phone number. (laughs) And had him have a clipboard, but that's mine. And if you text me too much, I will just block you. Okay. All right. So do that. I'll wait. I'll wait for a few, but I'll ask a few of you in here. Favorite animal? Horse. Cats. Giraffes. Hippo, yes, I knew that about Michael. Michael loves hippos. Bear. Bears? Really? Favorite animal is a bear? I love teddy bears, and I wish I could take them. Oh, teddy bears, yeah. I was thinking no, co- Kodiak, okay. Like All right. Good luck with that. Get a video of that if you do, okay? <laughs> Favorite animal? You knew I was... Oh, you did? Okay, let's check it out. She doesn't like, oh, I got a whole bunch. Janari says elephant. Thank you, Janari. Hummingbird. Desiree, who's patrolling our streets right now. She's a written police officer. Go back to work. Um, she says dog. And I kind of knew that one about her. Livy is, Livy texted two. Three. Giraffe, penguin, or elephant. Man, that's, you've got them all covered. Josh says yellow lab, and he's in the room, but he just won't talk out loud. (laughs) Marcelo says guinea pig, and he even sent me a little video, guinea pig. Okay. Oh, what else does this say? (laughs) He also says they're delicious. Okay. (laughs) 
Uh, po- I heard uh, polar bears are cool too from Livy over there. She has four favorites. Toby Caps likes deer. Um, yes. Judy Hansen is, likes horses. Anyways, we could go on for a while here. That's good. Oh, Effie's just texting me. Sorry. Effie's, I got to read yours. Effie's is in the room, but again. Effie's, what is that? Oh, it's a Tauntaun from, <laughs> from Star Wars. Star Wars fans. Okay. I guess I was talking about real animals. My mom just texted, she likes birds. Okay, that's so good. All right. You can stop now. Thank you. <laughs> Jesus refers to us as sheep. And it's interesting because, you know, out of all the domesticated animals, sheep are the most smart. They're most, the most adorable, they're the most cunning, the most wise. <laughs> Actually, they're the most, out of all the domesticated animals, sheep are the most helpless. Out of all the animals that Jesus could have said, you are my people. You are like the birds of the air who are wise. And No, you are the elephants who go through the air. No, you are the sheep. Because what do sheep need? Sheep need a shepherd. Sheep need to be led. They have no homing device at all. In fact, no homing device at all. I have a couple stories here of animals. Some of you said dog, and some of you said cats. So I have two stories about Max and Skittles. Which one's the dog, Max or Skittles? Come on, that's right. Because it's a, it's a man, just Max. Skittles. Who names her cat Skittles? Anyways, Max was a terrier. I'm just going to read these stories. Max was a terrier. He managed to travel an amazing distance uh, and return to his uh, loving owner, crossing harsh terrain and managing, not, um, and managing not to be eaten by predators. The two-year-old Max was lost when his owner's convertible was involved in an accident in Sterling, Connecticut. Bill Clark's car was struck by another vehicle, and in a moment of panic, Max um, from the back seat of the car, ran through the trunk and off into the woods. After returning to Rhode Island, the owner, Clark, launched a search campaign to, for Max that spanned weeks, but to no avail. Every promising lead from a friend or a stranger led to a dead end. Until one Tuesday, he came home, and Max was sitting in his backyard. He had traveled 45 miles. 45 miles. Jesus didn't say, you are the canine of my pasture. You are the sheep. Skittles. This one's even better. And I, if I, I'd have to say I'm more of a dog person than a cat person. But, <laughs> but I have nothing against cats as long as it's yours and not mine. Okay? So Skittles is a little bit more impressive. Skittles was a cat that was lost while her owners were on vacation 350 miles from their home in northern Minnesota. See, that's why, because there's a Minnesota cat. That's why I was so smart. Okay. When the family was packing up to leave, they realized that Skittles was, couldn't be found anywhere. And after a frantic search, they were forced to give up and return home. Because of the distance between their home and the area where Skittles was lost, the Sampsons weren't optimistic of being reunited with their feline friend. There was one false alarm when a cat 
who strongly resembled Skittles, appeared at their door, meowing to let him in. After the initial burst of joy, the Samson sadly realized it was the neighborhood cat named M&M's. People, I'm not making this stuff up. This is, okay. It was a tabby cat from the neighbors across the street who bore a striking um, external resemblance to Skittles. It took Skittles 140 days to return home and across 350 miles. That is not what sheep do. So sheep will actually, they will graze all day long. And as they're grazing, they don't graze in one spot. They just kind of wander as they graze, right? You eat a little bit here, and then you eat a little bit more over here. And they graze with their head down all day long. And then they look up, and they're lost. Even if they can see their pen, unless you cork, you know, if you coerce them with grain, they will still feel lost because they can't identify. And so they need the shepherd to come and rally them together to bring them back. Jesus refers to us as sheep. I don't think it's... You guys can stop texting me now. (laughs) Especially if you're in the room. (laughs) Here's two cool things about sheep, though. Sheep have an amazing shepherd. So we as the church, we have an amazing shepherd. But here's the other thing that... I notice as I read this passage in John 10 is sheep recognize their shepherd's voice. Sheep can be gathered in these pens with multiple herds together and the shepherd will come in and call his sheep and they will file out one by one because they recognize his voice. It could be dark, it could be crazy craziness going on and they will recognize his voice and they will come. Isn't that good news? That's good news. In this passage right here, when he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow the stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize the stranger's voice. So as I read the scriptures and I see this, and I'm like, really, God, they will never, they will never follow a stranger's voice? That is strong words, because we've all taught, we're taught growing up, never say never. But if you're a sheep, and Jesus is your shepherd, you will never follow a stranger's voice. That means we really need to know the shepherd's voice, amen? Amen. And so when I start reading this passage, I start asking those questions, it's like, man, do I really know his voice? And so I want to just ask you, do you know his voice this morning? Do you follow him this morning? Especially in the midst of what, what we're seeing right now and all the craziness in our world, do we hear his voice? And do we listen? And then do we obey? Do we step out and, and do what he asks us to do? Have we entered the right gate? There's a lot of gates out there. There's gates. You know, I've talked to a lot of people over the years, and, well, I'm a good person, and I do good things, so... There's the gate of good works. You know, my intentions are right. I, I, I think I have the right motivation to do it. So then we have the gates of good intentions. In the last several years, we see the gate of patriotism. 
and I don't want to step on some toes there, but sometimes we tie our Christianity into our patriotism. And I, I was born and raised in the United States, and I honor where God's placed us, and I pray for our country, but my salvation doesn't depend on whether I was born in the United States. My salvation depends on Jesus and what he's done for me. Should we pray for our country? Yes, we're asked to. We're told to in Romans. You need to pray. Do we give, pay our taxes? Well, Jesus said, yeah, give to Caesar who's, what is Caesar's? So do we do all those things? Yes, but we don't tie our hope and our future on our country. We tie our hope and our future on the gate, which is Jesus. There are two types of sheep pens that are being referred to here. If you look at the first part of the passage, you see this one type of sheep pen where they have a gatekeeper. Um, and then you see another type of, of gate uh, pen, and you just like, huh, I wonder what the difference is. The difference here is really kind of like the city, the city sheep pen, which is, if you like anybody like old westerns, see, I grew up, my dad loved westerns. I, oh, no western fans in here at all? Oh, okay, there you go, there you go. Okay, whew, you scared me for a second, all right. So, you know, in the old westerns, the stable was always at the very end of the town, and they had the, the fence, and they had the little barn, and there's always a shootout in the barn for some reason, but anyways. Um, and they had the pen, well, that's where, in a town where you, if you, the shepherds would come into the town, they would put their sheep in a, in a pen like that. And they had somebody who was in charge of the gate that would open the gate and close the gate. And then when it's time to go, the shepherd would come in and he would call his sheep, and they would, they would follow, and then they would go back out. That was one type of sheep pen. Another type of sheep pen is if they were out and about, way out in the sticks, the, sheep, the shepherds would round up rocks, sticks, branches, whatever it is, and pile them up in a circle, but they wouldn't have a gate. So at night, for protection, he would get all his sheep inside, and then what would the shepherd do? He would lay down. The shepherd would literally, like if this was a gate, the shepherd would literally, I might need help back up. <laughs> he would literally lay down in the gateway so any type of predator that would come after those sheep would have to go through the shepherd. I think that's a really important point. So Jesus says, I am the gate. Nobody can get to you unless they come to me first. That is a good word for us this morning. So if you're going through it this morning, they have to go through Jesus first. They have to go through Jesus because he is our gate. He's the one that has laid down his life for us. There's so many applications to that, that he's laid down our life for us, he's, and he's protected us in this place. The robbers and the thieves that are being talked about in this passage are anyone who would say, follow me, I have a weight of salvation. That's the robbers and thieves that Jesus is talking about in John chapter 10. Anybody who would say, besides Jesus, that I have a way to salvation. And if you follow me, I am a gate. But Jesus says, I am the gate. There are a lot of gates out there right now, and it is interesting in our time, in our world right now, that a lot of those gates are being shut. 
Because a lot of our gates are gates of distraction. They really are. I mean, I'm a huge sports fan. I mean, huge. So what can I watch on TV right now in sports? They're showing reruns of like basketball games that were three years ago, right now, on major networks. I know that because yesterday I started watching one, and I'm like, what am I doing? Okay. The gates of distraction, movie houses, plays, all those type of things, the events, the social events that we run to, that, that we go to fill our time with and to bring us satisfaction and bring us joy and bring us comfort are all being shut. And Jesus is saying, man, if you want life, if you want life, it's me. I am the gates. There are thieves and robbers out there. And in fact, in verse 10, verses 9 and 10, let's just read it real quick. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it in the full to the full. So there are thieves and robbers out there that will want to take our time and, and distract us and, and call us over here. And their gate entrances are all shiny and they have lights and there's a lot of people going down there, right? And sometimes the gate of Jesus is so simple that we miss it. And I, I believe that God made it really simple for us and just said, if you want to know me, this is God the Father in heaven, says, if you want to know me, it's through Jesus. It's a really simple message. So simple that it's, it's too profound for most people because they're like, it can't be that easy. Well, first of all, it wasn't easy for Jesus to leave his godship in heaven and to come down here as man, that wasn't easy. And then be treated the way he was treated by his created, that wasn't easy. And then to die the way he died, emotionally, but also physically, can't even imagine. Just can't imagine. So not easy. But he's made it easy for us because he says, if you want to know the Father in heaven, it's through me. It's through Jesus. There are a lot of different ways. Matthew, if you have your Bible, turn to Matthew. We're going to take a second and do it. It's Matthew chapter 7. First book in the New Testament. Matthew 7, 13 through 14. I know I've said this before, but I love hearing the sound of your Bibles turning. It sounds cool. Matthew 7, 13 and 14, it says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter it, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. So Jesus is saying there's gates out there, and, and you, we, we follow all these people in, through these gates because there's, hey, the crowd is going there, let's just go there. This looks good. And, but Jesus says it only leads to destruction. It looks good. It has the, all the fancy, shiny, polished lights. But it's not the right gate. And then Jesus said, but there is a gate. It's small. It's narrow. Why is it narrow? Because there's only one way through it. 
And I think that's the stumbling block for most people today. And this is not a popular message to say that Jesus is the only way. This is not a popular message today. Because as human beings, we want to make our way. It'd be a lot easier for me to make my way. If I can just figure out how to do it, I'll do it. But I don't want to be, I don't want to be told what to do. Do we like to be told what to do? I don't like to be told what to do sometimes, most of the time, all the time. But Jesus is saying, hey, if you want to be saved, if we look back at John chapter 10, then we have to come through Jesus. And that's really the simple message of the gate this morning is we've got to come to Jesus if we want life. And what kind of life is that? Is it? Jesus says in John chapter 10, verse 10, that's a life that is abundant. And that's not, I don't believe it's just talking about heaven abundant because when we look at, when we look at heaven and like, wow, heaven's going to be amazing and we, I can't even fully get my mind around it. I don't know exactly what we're going to be doing there. I know there's banquet tables, which is good. Yeah. I know there's worship and I personally like to worship and so that's good. I know Jesus is there. That's really good. So all those things are good, but is it abundant life just there? Or did Jesus say, for those who follow me that come through the gate, that abundant life is, can be here, this side of heaven? So I believe it can be this side of heaven. Now, does that mean you're going to be rich and you're going to be driving the Rolls Royce? Maybe. And I want to ride with you if that's the case. <laughs> all right? But are you going to have, maybe have to drive the 1972 Pinto around? <laughs> maybe. And then I will follow you in my car. Okay? Doesn't mean we're going to be rich, but what it means is we're going to have abundant life because he is with us. The shepherd is going to be with us, and he's going to speak to us, and we're going to recognize his voice. People today... We need to take the time to recognize his voice. And I think a lot of the things that are being fallen to the ground right now, that the voices we've been listening to, have literally been falling to the ground and there's going to be one voice. And it's the voice of Jesus said, would you follow me? Would you follow me? And I will lead you. Jesus promises that He's going to be with us. But what was his other promise? That in this world, we will have what? There are going to be trials. There's going to be trouble. In this world, you will. Jesus saying, in this world, you will have trouble. Thank you, Jesus. You call us sheep, and then you promise trouble. But in the midst of that, I am with you always. Always I will be with you. Everybody in this world is going to have trouble, whether you follow Jesus or not. If you follow Jesus, he says, I'm going to give you life now. And yeah, there's trouble, there's going to be storms, there's going to be craziness, but in the midst of all that, I'll be with you. But then I also will give you life, eternal life, it says. In John 10. Can you stand with me this morning?
probably one of the most famous scriptures in the Bible is what? John 3.16. And then we usually stop there. We cap it. We don't read it really in context. We just cap it. Jesus is having this conversation with, with a Pharisee, Nicodemus, who's come to him in the middle of the night. And he wants to know what gate he's supposed to go through. And Jesus said, says this. I'm going to put it up here. But I also want us to read verse 17 with it. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. God sent Jesus to be the gate to save us. And to make it really simple and really easy, if we want salvation, if we want to be saved, if we want abundant life today and abundant life for eternity, it's through the gate of Jesus. He makes it really simple. But for some reason, we make it really hard. And can we just get back to the simple message of Jesus and just, right now, with people just panicking and, and it's crazy. Anybody been to the grocery store lately? Yeah. Yeah. I had a friend call me and say, or text me, hey, I was at the store. Um, they're chaining up three carts in a row, one person and pushing through and filling up all their carts. <laughs> I need some of the groceries, by the way, because they're all out. But Jesus says, hey, I've come to save the world. I've come to save the world. And so that can be our message right now. It's a message of hope. That people are panicking. Their mortality is literally right in our faces right now. Because many people are like, I don't know if I'm going to live tomorrow or in a month. And I'm just shutting my life down. But Jesus says we can have abundant life. Even in the midst of what's going on right now, we can still have life that is abundant. For those of us in this room and for those of us that are watching, just simply call out to Jesus because he is the gate. So Jesus, thank you for this morning. Thank you for those at home who are watching. Thank you for those who, who are abroad and watching, because I know some are. And Lord, thank you for those in this room and our kids out there in the modular today. And thank you, Jesus, that we can gather as your sheep. God, I thank you that you do make it simple, that we are not the most cunning, that we are not the most wise, even though sometimes we think we are. But we are in need of a shepherd. We need to be led. Otherwise, we get lost. So thank you for being that shepherd. Thank you for being that one who leads us. And thank you for making a way for us. Where there seemed to be no way, thank you for making a way. And help us, Jesus, to have the wisdom and the boldness, the courage, in love, in compassion, in grace, to share the name of Jesus with people right now, that you are the way, that they can have abundant life right now, that Fred Meyer, Safeway, Albertsons, QFC, they're not the ones who offer abundant life. You offer abundant life. So help us, Jesus, in this time. Thank you for the fact that we can gather in your name, and we do that in faith today. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. 
Um, take care of somebody this week, would you? Text somebody that you don't see here this morning. And then uh, as of now, we will gather next week. Unless things change. Stay tuned. <laughs>